everybody. I'm Bailey. And you still did it differently. He's such a dick. I'm unique. Let me be I'm different. Lazy. And I'm Drew. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Mm. I feel like you change it just to be like spiteful. No, I don't okay. want to take the same words out of your mouth. We're different people, goddammit. Let me introduce it differently. I just think okay. it's full panic. I don't think there's any intention yeah. there. It's also full I panic. feel like Bailey doesn't use the word hello. So Hello is just so like formal and ugh. Okay. Not for friends. Lacey, yeah. you look like you have like a green screen. Okay. It doesn't look like it's your real wall. It's she oh um she looks like that. you know on like reality TV like when they like have like their like little reflections by themselves of like talking right to the camera. Yeah. She looks like she's ready to do that. You're it's called a confessional. And go ahead, Lacey. Speak your piece. I've changed my mind. I'm too nervous. Pussy. Do you want to see my mug? No. no. Nobody I wants to... I didn't tell you what it said. You didn't even look at it. Look. It I says... am fucking I fuck what I love. Oh, it's backwards. So I, I fucking love, love pumpkins, pumpkins and, and leaves shit. and shit. You love shit. Yes, if it's pumpkiny. No, Bailey, she fucking loves shit. I was. I didn't want to interrupt because I was interested to see where Bailey was gonna go with that because it started off with I fuck, I fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, please say I fuck pumpkins. <laughs> Not today. That's where I was hoping it would go. Mm. So, uh... Oh, are we ready to get in? Have you guys... Do you know, when I say... There's, like... I think it's a YouTube where this person... He... I think he does six Disney... It's... Oh, it's after, like, that... It's, like... After the happy and ever after... He has like songs for each Disney movie. Um, I, now, think I, think have, I think that maybe you showed me one. Or I'm thinking I'll show it to you later. Too. I'll show it to you later. But anyway, yeah. he's color coded. Like if the background is red, he's wearing a red shirt. Mm-hmm. It we're giving off. We're reminding you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're monochromatic on her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also wearing, I'm representing the Eagles right now, so it's also more green. (laughs) Go Birds. That was a great bye week. I loved not being stressed. Yeah. I didn't. I I, missed them. I needed a break after the Cowboys. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I needed a break from the stress because I'm kind of, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm kind of glad that we did lose one game. Because oh. the stress of having a winning streak, every time, we, every time we played, I was like, don't ruin the winning streak. Don't want to. Like, and it, was, it, it, it wasn't just like a, oh, let's keep going until we get the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all that stuff. It, it added a whole new level of stress because I didn't want us to lose the streak. And then we did. And now, now I can just focus on our awesome record and just carrying forward. Mm-hmm. But oh. I needed a break from all the stress because... We're on what week ten? Those first nine games were very stressful. Yeah, the um, I think the Cowboys. It's a lot of pressure to be constantly winning. So it's exhausting. Nobody I think, talks I, I about think it. They, no. The players maybe needed a break because they 
did not seem to be at peak performance. So maybe they needed a bye week to get their shit together. Well, what I just said, Lacey, is also true. It's very stressful winning all the time. Yeah. It's hard being at the top. Yeah. So there's a lot of knock on wood here. So today, yeah. we're going to take it back to like our roots and do an unsolved crime. Oh, okay. Ooh. I was like, what do you mean roots? We're not. I know that you're doing Texas, and I was like, nobody's from Texas here. <laughs> I didn't understand where you were going with the. Lucy's been to Texas. Uh-huh. My husband yeah. has family in Texas. Well, if that's the case, then I'm like Jamaican. I don't know. I've been to Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know. I can. We're Canadian. You're struggling with the start of the episode. You're. Mm-hmm. I was going to say you're European, but that's kind of true. <laughs> Bailey, your eyes look really nice. I right? am. Thank you. Um, I got a nap at 7 p.m., so it was great. Um, oh, okay. I napped too. I texted you guys I last night, so I napped all day. I did not nap because you have kids, yeah, children. Not a mom. Um, I would be dead right now if I didn't nap because I worked last night. Mm. Yeah, so yours is more of a sleep. I just sat down and fell asleep. I don't have a reason for my nap. It was an accident. My friend had her baby. Oh! Yay? He I didn't has... know you had a pregnant friend. Uh, well, I, I work with her, but she's a work friend. Okay. He has what? He has the tiniest nose. Oh my god. It's it's like the size of a dime. It is so small. Can you <laughs> tell us his name? Or you I don't know. Sure? Okay. I okay. know it. I just... Okay. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. I... Yeah. I, I, I people might have picked up i don't talk about my kids names mm-hmm. so yeah. i don't want to announce other people's kids names so what are we we're going back to our roots bill i was gonna say this intro is so fucking long um yeah so it's gonna be an unsolved case today um it's called the houston lovers lane uh murder so murder or murders, murders. sorry question. question what is it one of those unsolved cases where there's like no, never mind. I'm not going to ask it because I feel like I'm already going to jump to the end. I'll True. hold it. I'm going to ask her a question because sure. I would like to know. <laughs> Is it one of those questions where you, like, we all know who did it, no. but it's unsolved or no, is it like tr- com- like Zodiac Killer it's unsolved? like truly like Zodiac Killer, like unsolved. Well, that's yeah, upsetting. My question. Yeah. Are there any good suspects that we can be like? No. Like John Benet Ramsey unsolved? <sighs> so yeah, we should brace I... ourselves for... I didn't, um, so when I started researching this, because I found this on, like, a list of, like, um, true crime, yeah, like, true crime, like, unsolved cases, um, I didn't realize, like, how truly, like, unsolved it was, and, like, how much, how truly unsolved, well, like, just the lack of information that's out there, like, I also, like, so I, I like to, like, see, like, autopsy reports and, like, see what actually, like, happened and, like, specifics and everything. Yeah. And I couldn't, make like, our own theories. I couldn't get that. Like, I couldn't even get, like, background on the victims, like, their family members, like, how many kids they had, like, their, like, that stuff. Is it a really old case? No. So, we're going back to 1990, which oh. is I kind of old I appreciate you said that's not a really old case. It's, it's not. 30 years. Oh. Yeah, we can call it. It's not. 
We can call it 30. Well, no, I was thinking, is it from like the 60s or the no. 70s? Yeah. Like, right. That would explain why there isn't a lot of information on the internet well, because the internet wasn't a thing. Yeah. But it really kind of wasn't in the 90s either. It was still yeah, in its infancy. Like, still, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are cases from the 90s that we have more information on. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but... For instance, I can. Um, my Marilyn Shepard case was, like, from, like, the 50s or something, and I had... That was multiple oh, parts. Yeah, yeah. I had so much information, hmm. and this is... It's nowhere close to, like, the amount of information I got on that case. Hmm. Um, anyway, we're still going to try our best. Um, it is still, like, an active case. They're, like, still, like... Well, yeah, it's unsolved. On it. Okay, well, like, sometimes they just throw... Whatever. So, we're going Are they back... actively working on it? Or are they working According on it? According to 2017, they were actively working on it. Okay, so that was not right around the corner, but... Six years ago? Yeah, I'm still... I'm trying to accumulate myself to the, the year that we're currently in. Okay. So, we're uh, in 1990... It was a fun summer night in Houston, Texas, and a young couple sits uh, parked in an undeveloped wooded area for some nighttime fun. I bet it was, like, really hot. Although, at night, it probably cooled off a bit. Global warming wasn't a thing then. No, but it was Texas in the summer. Yeah, it was probably gross. Lacey, what was, like, what was the weather like when you were in Texas? Fucking gross. We know it's in Dallas, which is near Houston, but I don't think it matters. It's gross. all Texas. Yeah, it was getting to like 120 degrees in the daytime. I mean, it was it makes anyway, me mad to think about it. Nobody so should live like that. So this would be the last night of this couple's lives. Hold on a second. I want to know if this, if you can hear this. She's gonna stop now. All right, she's done snoring. Oh, I think I heard her breathing. Yeah, she sounded like breathing. She was, she was like snoring. The littlest one or the older one? Tegan. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a baby monitor. Oh, oh, she finally fell asleep. <laughs> she is okay. just snoring on the couch next to me. Tegan's, My dog. Yeah, Tegan's the dog. Um, okay. So Cheryl Henry and Garland Andy Atkinson were a young couple in uh and very much in love when tragedy struck. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um Garland's nickname is Andy, if anyone didn't see my quotes, so we're just gonna be calling him Andy the rest of the episode. Andy and Miss Henry, because Cheryl? Sherry? Cheryl. Cheryl. Um, Cheryl was a 22-year-old bubbly blonde when she met 21-year-old Andy with piercing green eyes and a Hollywood smile. Mm. Uh, Cheryl was home from college. Um, It looked like it was Stephen F. Austin State University. Okay. Um, When she met Andy, who had recently moved to the Houston area from North Carolina. He also had just uh, finished a semester at Campbell University, but he moved back to Houston to kind of um, reconnect and, like, live with his father's side of the family. So I 
googled Stephen F. Austin University, mm-hmm. and it's in Nacogdoches, Texas. Sounds like yeah. you have those noises. Yeah. I mean, N-A-C-O-G-D-O-C-H-E-S. That's the alphabet. That's all the letters. Those are letters. It's located... Looking for Davy Crockett National Forest. I didn't know he had a national forest. I'm happy that Davey he does. Davy Crockett. It's That's like so you know, it's like halfway between Dallas and Houston, but off to the side a little bit. Anyway. So Andy and Cheryl were very smitten with each other. Um, It was said that she wasn't the type of girl who got worked up over a boy, but she fell head over heels for him. This is so cute. It's so sad. I love love. Ends in tragedy. Yes, it's really sad. Um, Cheryl's sister Meredith said she thought that he was amazing inside and out and that he had a great smile and his mind was wonderful too, which is a great compliment. Yeah, uh, I I would like to. I just real because we're we're doing faces. I made a face when you said Meredith. I should clarify. I made the face because in my head, my first thought was Meredith from the office, and she makes me make that face. Yeah, I'm I didn't even see the aware face. of my face the whole time we're we're talking right now. Not like that. Oh. Okay. Well, Meredith is still alive, so be nice. Yeah, that's um, why I wanted to clarify. Mm. During the summer, Cheryl was working at a gentleman's club named uh, Rick's Cabernet, while Andy worked the door at another club named Dream Street, which was actually managed by his father. Uh, Andy was also working at Gold's Gym uh, and was living with his grandmother at the time. Oh. So August 22nd, Cheryl and Andy had only known each other and been together for about two weeks when they double dated with uh, Cheryl Ann's younger sister, Shane. I saw Cheryl, not Cheryl Ann, sorry. I'm going to make that mistake a lot. I work with a Cheryl Cheryl's younger sister named Shane. Shane? Yeah. I thought, I think I saw somewhere that her like actual name is something else, but I'm pretty sure her nickname is Shane, and that's what she went by. I kind of like Shane for a girl. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Shane is a girl's name, too. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Cheryl, Meredith, and Shane. I like Shane. So, if you didn't hear, uh, Cheryl and Andy were only together for two weeks, which I feel like just makes it even sadder that they were so Yeah, I did hear that. I, my face snapped up when you said that. Not a long time. No, but they were very obsessed with each other, which was really cute. Uh, Shane would later describe that, like evening with a couple that they were very about each other were calling telling them like get a room multiple times very like sistery oh. yeah the double date was at a local sports bar named uh bayou mamas bayou mamas yeah which sounds fun like is it like by you mama or is it bayou like bayou louisiana bayou louisiana bayou okay they uh the date ended somewhere between like 11 and 11:30 and that's when the couples parted ways. It's a good time to end a date. Yeah. Um and again this would be the last time anyone saw Andy or Cheryl alive. 
In the morning, no one had heard from Cheryl or Andy, and Andy's grandma had reached out to his father, who wasn't concerned yet, thinking that he was just with Cheryl and they had, like, a late night or something. Cheryl's family, on the other end, were very worried and actually reached out to Andy's family, and that's when they realized that no one has heard anything from them, and that's when they called the police. Mm. The morning of the 23rd, uh, the police found a white Toyota Civic in an undeveloped area with only, like, a warehouse at the time. Now it's, like, an office park almost. Um, but the car was parked in a cul-de-sac and was actually known to be, like, a lover's lane for people in the area. It was, like, frequented by young couples in love. The officer ran the plates and discovered that it belonged to a missing person like Andy. Um, and at that point, they called for backup and search dogs. Before we go any further, we're going to talk about what they found in the car. The car okay. was found with um, the keys in the ignition, but was described as left in the aux position, which is the car, uh, the engine's not running, but the music battery. can still, yeah, the music can still play. Um, where was I? A cassette tape was in the player, which cassettes, oh my god. Yeah. Really bringing us back. The seats were reclined, and a purse and a pair of shoes were found in the car. They also found traces of blood. Oh no. I need to charge, plug in my laptop, hold on. Alright. So, there was music playing, and the seats were reclined. Yeah. So it was obvious that they were... At least making out or something. Little kissy kissy. Yeah. Super cute. <clears throat> so once they got the dogs going on the next day, they found Cheryl's body 200 yards away from the car. Mm. Before they found her body, they found something weird. They found a golf club and three golf balls golf balls arranged almost like kind of like pointing towards where her body was discovered. Hmm. Uh, did you say, I'm sorry, did you say it's like a wooded area or kind of open? It's so it's like an open field with a wooded area. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, just trying to figure out why they didn't find her without the dogs if she was only 200 yards away, but we're gonna get into that. You say okay. only two hundred yards. I mean, I know it's not like right next door, but okay. I mean, first when she said it's an area that was like a warehouse or whatever, I was picturing it being very flat and open, and I was like, I feel like they would have wanted. No, I think she was saying but... that now it's a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I think well, so it had like one warehouse at that time there. So now it it's like yes, warehouse it wasn't just open. Yeah, now it's like a business park. <clears throat> but yeah, it was like it looked like a field with like. A wooded area further back. And it's two football fields away, Lacey. (laughs) So the golf club and golf balls actually, like, came from Andy's car. They should have been Andy's. Um, And they pointed to where Cheryl's body was found. Now, her body was actually under fence planks that were piled over her. Okay. They discovered her naked and bound. She was lying face down. Her hands were tied behind her back with a hemp rope. And her clothes had been cut off and, like, thrown off to the side. 
They also discovered that her underwear was actually, like, tucked in one of her pants pockets, and she was sexually assaulted. The site was described kind of like, I mean, it is a murder scene, but, like, just more eerie than that. She had three slashes to her throat, and above, in one of the trees, was a bunch of partially deflated balloons found to be like draped in like one of the branches or something it was later determined that that wasn't related but it was just very like a weird yeah, yeah weird yeah. loss of innocence very sad something and, like happy balloons in a yeah sad spot there is also a 20 dollar bill kind of thrown next to her body too hmm. so that day they only found cheryl so an officer stayed in the park slash wooded area overnight, uh, and he actually was the one to find Andy. I just Andy, looked yeah. up their photos. Andy is very pretty. They're both really pretty. Cheryl looks like um, Jamie Lynn Spears to me. When she was on Zoe, no- yeah. Zoe 101? Yeah. I can't think of what... Andy looks like. I don't know, but he's... They're both very pretty. Yeah. Like, part of Ooh. me... Oh, he's yeah. giving... Yeah. He reminds me of... um Lip from Shameless mixed mm. with somebody. Okay. I could see that with, like, the eyebrows and, like, the nose and the cheeks, but the chin is, like, it's a little different. But, yeah. Hmm. So, Andy was discovered, tied, seated, tied to a tree, a hundred yards away from Cheryl. His hands were bound with the same rope, um, and his throat was slashed, but Andy was cut so deeply and so aggressively that he was nearly decapitated. He was fully clothed, and his watch, and there was money still left in his pockets, so obviously, like, that wasn't what they wanted. During the autopsies, semen was able to be collected from Cheryl's body, but at this point, the technology was like in infancy and it was very expensive back then. So they kind of just held on to it. It was also discovered that Cheryl was murdered and assaulted first, leaving Andy to have to listen to her cries and pleads. The Houston. I feel like. Yeah, it, I was when you said that he was bound to a tree, seated. I was like, oh, they probably made him watch, yeah. but hundred yards. Hundred yards. Yeah, Ooh, that's I, a whole football field. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have seen like some of it, but that's it's still very far. Like, yeah, know, even like, if you it, see, like the struggle, even if it wasn't like a wooded area, yeah, it would still be kind of hard. He, at the very least, he definitely heard her screaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Houston PD detective Billy Belk Belk B E L K spent two decades trying to track down the killer. The case stayed with him over that time, and he had a few theories. One being that Cheryl and Andy were specifically targeted, which we'll get into like theories like towards the end a little bit. He also theorized that this could have been more than one person. It's a lot to find two people. Uh, And then he also 
Yeah, that's it. Sorry. The FBI profile. FBI profilers believe the sub suspect may have known either of them or both of them. They believe that they he was in the range age range of those victims too, which was like twenty twenty two. He had an above average intelligence, but was a low achiever, and they believe that the police had already like interviewed him at least once. Hmm. Being with it, there was very like little physical evidence at the scene and no eyewitnesses. The case didn't really amount to anything back then. We're going to jump forward to 2001 now, when the police received a note, which if you want to go to that um, screen, the note. The police received this, um, and it pretty much says, like, if you want, a quote, it says, if you want to know who killed C. Henry and A. Atkinson, it will cost $100,000. There's some other stuff on there, too, like, about, like, getting in touch with, like, a lawyer and how to, like, correspond with this person through, like, a newspaper. The police had tried reaching out to this inter- individual, and in a mountain, they didn't get a response back. They also believed that this note came from someone who knew... Sorry, I was trying to find the mute button. Because they're tight. It's okay. I panicked. I'll go back. It's also believed that the note came from someone who knew the killer... Not, but not the killer himself. It's a weird idea to, because like I know that there's been you ransom when you have someone kidnapped, but yeah. I you don't you don't usually hear people ransoming for like a murderer. Yeah. yeah, it's also weird that they included a lawyer. Like for instance, it says a lawyer will be hired to make sure you play straight. I mean, that's just smart. Always lawyer up. You're right. (laughs) So we're going to jump forward a little bit more. I think around like 2008, maybe sometime between in the early 2000s, the Houston's DNA bank had to like something happened. and They had to retest all the DNA. Um. So during this, a match was actually um, gotten. Oh, from yeah. sure, gotten to work. Yeah, not, it it's not good yeah. for this sentence, but it's there. <laughs> I was say it's not usually sure. used. To sure, whatever. I'm making it my own. I believe in you. Thank you. Uh, so the mat a match was found between this murders of the Sher- of Cheryl and Andy and a home invasion rape that also happened in 1990. Okay. The victim for this assault has remained nameless and that's not just me saying that it's she, her name's not anywhere. So we're going to call her Susie. Okay. Cuz yeah. Susie was 30 years old at the time. Uh, she, at, in 1990, she was working at a stripper at a, call, blah, blah, at a bar named Gigi's. One night she went home um, to her boyfriend's house, where she, I guess she was staying, in northwest Houston. 
She left work around like 2 a.m. typical time for a bar to close. And when she got home, she when she got home, she had takeout dinner on the couch. Her boyfriend was away at this time, so she had the whole house to herself. When she was done, she walked upstairs, go into bed, and someone popped out of a room and grabbed her. The man was wearing sorry. The man was wearing a fishnet stocking over his face, black gloves, a dark shirt, and pants. And it was later described that they appeared to kind of match, almost like a uniform. He held a long barrel shotgun and asked, where's Randy, who is her boyfriend? Um, And it was mentioned that he seemed, in a few sources, it mentioned that he seemed to be, like, looking for the boyfriend for money. I'm not sure if people are just, like, speculating, but I don't know. He then took Susie to the bedroom, duct taped her wrist, her eyes, and her mouth, uh, threw a pillowcase over her head, and proceeded to assault her. He taunted her verbally, telling her that she wasn't very observant, and applied that... Hold on. That's a, that's a weird taunt. Uh, yeah, it was very weird. He also um, was like saying a lot of like vulgar shit to her, which horrifying too yeah but that's more like understandable but yeah you're not very observant Mm. real good this he also taunted her with the gun um pulling the trigger or like cocking it and uncocking it Mm. pretty much like uh what's it called russian roulette almost yeah she later described him as late 20s mid 30s about six foot 180 pounds black hair and olive complexion she said that he was very forceful and author had an authoritative authoritative stance there was also mention of like possibly a military background um and i think he mentioned that to her i'm not really sure there's a lot of being with the fact that there's not a lot of like information out here on either one of these cases it's hard to like figure out like yeah how these bits and pieces fit together because like i saw somewhere that she described him as that but i also saw somewhere that he like was trying to suggest that to her that he was in the military or something he took 250 dollars from her purse and unplugged the phone which it's a landline at this time and then placed the receiver under the bed When he was finished, he ordered her to lie on the floor and not to move, scaring her by saying that he might be in the house for another hour or five minutes. So, he'd know she moved. The attack was two months prior to Cheryl and Andy's attack. So, this rape happened in June, while Andy's and Cheryl's happened in August. She did do a composite sketch, which is also in the, like, list of, uh, photos i sent you and they were able to like age it in 2008 i think to like see what he would look like then he still remains a mystery um even though like we have his dna it hasn't matched to anything else now they matched him through his semen but we're gonna look at the other like similarities between these two rapes and like talk about like Maybe the evolution, because some things have shifted dramatically between the two. Yeah. 
It looked like it was mentioned that um, our rape victim, Susie, had once worked for Andy's dad at whatever club he was working at. So for a little while, it was like looked into of since everyone kind of has like a uh, connection to like a gentleman's club. If this was like a patron, if this was a regular, if this was like an employee. So they looked through all of that and really didn't amount to anything. They also thought it had something to do with uh, the gentleman's club because of the $20 that was thrown towards Gerald's body. Yeah, that felt a little bit like, I don't know if disrespectful is the right word, but it definitely... It was, yeah. it felt like, um, felt deliberate for sure. Yeah. It felt like, um, maybe someone was propositioning Cheryl at work and she was like, no, that's not this. That's not what yeah. I'm here for. I don't, I don't do that for yeah. money or otherwise. And so. Take him up. Pat. Are you going to the bathroom? I'm going to try to go shower. Okay. And, and, uh, they finally the got, whatever, they finally got tired of, um, being turned down for saying no. And was like, and then they were like, here's how much you're worth. Yeah. Here's, here's yeah. 20 for your time and trouble. Yeah. But um, what's weird is that he, for Susie, uh, took what, 250 from mm-hmm. her? But then left like all the money with And I think that's I think people thought maybe because her boyfriend owed him money. And I don't even know if that's like a theory or if that's set in stone. Because yeah. I mean we don't know who he is. If that like kind of correlated with that theory of like, oh, he needed money. So like yeah. he took advantage of her. If um, it is true that he said where's the money. Randy? then that sounds like it wasn't just like he saw her at work and he got obsessed with her he knew who her boyfriend was so a little bit more of a relationship either with her boyfriend or just knew them better i saw somewhere too during an interview that like uh they like strippers will like talk about themselves a little bit like make connections with these guys but Mentioning your boyfriend is kind of like I feel like over the oh, line. Yeah. yeah. So another change, but sort of the same was all the victims were bound. Uh, they just had different forms. It mm. seems a little. I think it's weird that you go from duct tape to a hemp rope. I feel like duct tape is easier. Especially when you have two victims. Like, you're just... Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking... I mean... Somebody else talk while I marinate. I was thinking before when you were saying that they said there might have been more than one for the Lover's Lane murder, that it would be hard for just one person to subdue two people unless maybe they had a gun and then you said that he had a gun with Susie. He had he had um, a gun with Susie, but it was just looks like knife wounds for yeah. Cheryl Andy. Yeah. And here's the thing that like also bothers me because I really tried to find an autopsy report. Like 
we don't know whose blood that was in the car. We don't know if there was like blood force trauma. I thought there was blood in the car. Yeah, and maybe I he sub- subdued one of them. But the fact that I don't have autopsy reports to like, and it's not mentioned anywhere of like other specific injuries, like it's hard mm-hmm. to say. Like, now I feel how like did it's one even... person get a hold of mm-hmm. both of them? Weirder remembering that there's blood in the car because I was kind of picturing somebody coming up to the car window with a gun and being like, "Get out of the car." Right. And, you know, making, I can't remember his name, Andy, do what he's told because he's got the gun at Cheryl's head. And he's like, if you don't do it, well, I'll kill her. But there's blood in the car. So somebody got her in there first. Yeah. This, they're not, they were clearly in the middle of something. So they're not paying attention. So yeah, someone could come up close and hold a knife on one of them and have the same effect as the gun. Yeah. yeah. But that would. I'm trying to picture how that would go. So, like, you're holding the knife onto Shandy, and you make Cheryl tie him to a tree, and then you walk her a hundred yards away and tie her up, and then because she can't get assaulted by one person. If they're assaulting Cheryl and Andy's not tied up, Andy's not he I mean I would hope he's that not he doesn't sit and wait. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean maybe they struck Andy on the head and tied Cheryl up first while he's knocked out and then tied him to I don't know. Well, There's just it's the thing with one force trauma is like the the first hit they say is for free. Blood doesn't come out until you hit them a second time. Unless Who says that? Like a, um, well, because you hit them. Well, I guess it's blood spatter is more what I mean. Mm-hmm. But when you said there's blood in the car, it's hard to know. Is it just like, oh, a drop, like a nosebleed? Or was it like... Yeah. A, like a, a significant... Like someone got stabbed in the car. Yeah. Did they, was it all just neck wounds? Mm-hmm. That's the only, besides her assault, that's the only, like, specific wound I could find. So I wonder if, I mean, did they say, was it fresh blood? Like, was it for sure blood from that night? I don't know. We don't even know, right? No. I mean, it could have been, like, a say, bleed or something from before. All, all they know is that it's, uh... It's like it could also like there could have been a struggle and it could have like been the killer's blood like I we just I don't know Um, I just really want to say there were two people but we know for sure that the guy who raped Susie was there because he found his semen both times I just feel like it's weird if you successfully do it on your own once to then bring somebody else into it yeah and Um, the like not like unheard of though yeah there was only they only found his semen there was no one else's semen in cheryl yeah but like um boy box killer he used his daughter to like help lure people and his girlfriend right but like he yeah. used both of them and he he like his his daughter like didn't help in the beginning at first right she she helped with like the last one yeah she so helped with like the last like two or something that that's like one evidence that you can bring someone in later mm-hmm. and two 
not everybody rapes the person that they're attacking. And if it was, I know that we're totally throwing stuff into the dark now because we don't know. But if he actually had an accomplice who was a woman, I think they would have been more likely to open the car doors and get out. If a woman approached the car and was like, hi, I need help. My car broke down. Um, I ran out of gas or something. They'd be more likely to open a window or open the door for a woman. And then she is there. If we're, if we're like going with the only injuries were to their neck, you're Mm -hmm. not going to slash someone's throat in the car and then have them walk 200 yards. Uh -uh. So I'm wondering if maybe the blood that they found was just unrelated to the assaults. Possibly. Maybe someone had a nosebleed. The other thing I saw was... Maybe Cheryl had her period. Even without, like, again, like we don't know any other injuries. It was stated in two sources that, like, Cheryl fought hard. So, I don't... I Like, she, she definitely probably had other injuries. We just don't know about it. Mm. So, moving on. Uh... There's, it's also, like, theorized with, like, the police and everything that it was a personal attack for Cheryl and Andy. They, like, listed that um, using the knife is very, like, personal. Hiding Cheryl when she's, her, like, her body was, like, remorse or personal, too. Uh, thoughts about that? Yeah, feels personal. Wait. Sorry. What were you saying about remorse? Hiding her body. Her yeah, but then they pointed at it with a golf club. I don't know. The golf club was weird. It was so weird. If it, that, so if that was like two different people, well, actually, if they were covering up the body as a sign of remorse, it would make sense that they'd be like wanting her to be found. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that they were covering up her body to kind of hide her more. I mean, it could be, it it could be either. Yeah. Um, my thought was, this is, like, this was a known, like, lover's lane for people, too. Like, who's to say, like, he didn't just sit and wait for any random car? True. And then it was brought up for the saving Andy last and, like, the rage and the force Mm -hmm. that he was, uh, killed with nearly decapitating him that maybe it was someone that wanted cheryl and was jealous of him and that's what i mean do we who we you said that cheryl put up a fight did andy it didn't mention it it's a very like they probably used cheryl to get andy to be compliant probably um and then, you know, Cheryl fought back while they were attacking her. The $20 to me seems to be, the honestly, the most personal of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. For her to have been working at a gentleman's club and then to find 20 bucks next to her brutalized body, I feel like, what was if, very deliberate. What if it was somebody from the gentleman's club who had been asking her out and she's like, no, I'm not interested. I don't do that for money. Yada, yada, yada. And then they followed her and saw her canoodling and got filled with jealousy and like rage. And that's why that nearly decapitated Andy because Andy got what he wanted without having to pay for it. And then, you know, assaulted Cheryl. For sure. Canoodling. Like Criminal Minds episode. 
Yeah, canoodling. Okay. And she was like, no, I'm not interested. And they were like, okay, she, you know, she doesn't do that sort of thing. That's She's not like that. And they see her with somebody and they're like, oh, this bitch. Or, she's willing to well, do it, just not with me. In, in, yeah, my, in, in the scenario in my head, the the guy was following her with the intention of insult, assaulting her. Yeah. I was just picturing like a... And then when she, they saw her with Andy, Canoodling. he became infuriated that it wasn't like a, I don't do that. It was a, I don't do that with you. It felt more personal to him, so he took it. That's what happened. I think we've got good theories here, guys. So yep. there was a true crime blog that I found that also had some theories, too. They theorized that the killer didn't mean to kill Cheryl, that because she fought so hard, things escalated, and that's how it went, which could explain why Andy was killed last. Do we know he was killed last, though? That's that's what it said. Mm -hmm. Um, You're right, because they were... But also, I mean, the killer may have saved so to torture him listening to Cheryl scream that could also be the reason why he was saved last but it is possible that like like, that could be a jealousy thing like hey Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take your lady and make you listen although if if that feels like it would be more I want you to watch type thing maybe he can't get it up while being watched so he took him a hundred yards away they that wanted him to know, but didn't want him, like, looking at him. I He's feel insecure. Like, I feel like he had the knife on Andy and made Cheryl tie him to a tree and then took Cheryl a hundred yards away, assaulted her, and then went back for Andy. Yeah. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot. <sighs> Get so, your steps in. currently... As I mentioned before, there was, like, some uh, talk about if he was, like, military or whatnot. They don't believe he is. They think that the guy suggested this to be, like, misleading, like a red herring. Mm. They do believe he has more victims and that he has raped continuously or before. So they're kind of working on reaching out to any woman that, like, may have been raped by this guy, too, to get more information and try to find him. They're also, most recently in 2017, they're working with familiar DNA, which is like Ancestry, 23andMe, like stuff familiar. like that. Yeah, that's what I said. I thought you said from familiar. No, I said familiar. Familiar. Familial. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. No. No, I said familiar. <laughs> familiar. Fuck familiar. Where, do think, where do you think the phrase red herring came from? A bird. Let's go to Google. No, I, let me Google it. I got it. No, I'm going to Google it. Is this random? The origin or... of the term is derived from the practice of hunting, of training hunting dogs by dragging cured herrings across the scent of a trail of a fox. It was just a oh. herring. Snap. That's fun. I got like you. that. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway. So that's where they're at with the case right now. 
so still not much of like anything but barbara cheryl's mom she still wears cheryl's ring and her watch and says that she envisions her in heaven she said quote in my mind i see cheryl holding other people because they were traumatized too and she lets them know that they are fine now shane and meredith cheryl's sisters said that they are not sure if they'll ever get true closure for their sister's death but are determined to not stop trying i don't like it no i don't like it either um but the houston lovers lane murder remains one of houston's most notorious unsolved murder mysteries okay well i just solved it so okay i don't remember you giving us a name um i would need to do a lot of footwork Mm. in texas she she has the theory she doesn't have the like well all you have to do is uh go to where she worked and ask like i'm sure the bouncer got involved at some point because this guy likely harassed her um or or could be someone from college i think it's just anyone that she's turned down repeatedly for dates who knew her or who knew that she danced because that's what I know. Why would that matter? What? what? Why would why would it matter that they knew that she danced? The twenty dollars? I'm just saying I don't think it was somebody that, could, that, that like, could just be true. that doesn't that could have I just feel been that it was deliberate. Unless no, they it, like, I I agree that it was deliberate, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like like you, I, people. <laughs> also, it never said that she was like a dancer. So, like, who knows? She could have been a bartender or a waitress. Yeah. So I just don't feel like it's a big in her coincidence for her to work but, at a gentleman's club. What, I'm, what I'm saying, Lacey, is that it doesn't. There have been people, like women, who've been left money like that, mm. who don't work at clubs. But like men think that they need to pay, like that's it's not yeah. rape if I hire, type thing. That's true. Just like how so, it's not it's not prostitution if you film it, then it's right. porn. Mm. So like my my thought is like it's someone that's been repeatedly asking her out on dates, and he's got the mindset that it's like if I pay her, then I'm I pay to make it go away. Yeah, that, that kind of attitude. Okay, okay. I'm with you. So, are you going to go talk to the bouncer then? I yeah, you need to go talk to the bouncer, get some names, talk to people who, who are her friends on campus. Get the get autopsy report. That's a good place to start as well. I want that. I really <laughs> wanted it. Run the DNA of That's the blood in the car because they still have it. That, that doesn't necessarily. Need, the blood in the cart, not necessarily Cheryl's or Andy's. Yeah. True. They could have fought back at the car. And, like, blood went in to the car. Um, you know, what else? It could have been a random person that happened on the car. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> it feels too personal. But I will say that um, a secluded wooded area feels like a hard place to walk to. Is that right, Bailey? 
Um, I think so, so. It also, it looks like it was described it was right near the parkway or the, like, the highway or something. So, they might I, not notice since this was, like, a typical place where people go to Mac in their cars. I'm throwing out grandma's Mac. Yeah. Uh, we're in the 90s. Okay. Um, <laughs> you weren't born yet. Not 1990. Oh, you, were anyway. using, you were using Mac at, as a four-year-old in the 90s? Yeah. Okay. Right in the middle of the 90s, I was four and I was yelling, yeah, that that boy be macking on his bitty. I don't think Biddy was his doll. Boy anyway, macking on his doll. Getting worse. Yeah, it's weirder yeah, now. I was back to like the forties. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they might not notice a, a, like another car that pulls up. Yeah, with two heads in it. Especially he if they're have parked over at the warehouse because you said there's a warehouse nearby. Yeah, and walked from there over into the wooded area and watched from the wooded area. That's so much walking. He we don't know how to- far it was. He right, took- but he took her 200 what? yards into the woods and then Andy 100 yards away from her. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't mind walking. Three- Lacey, that's three football fields. How many football fields can you walk? They before were different you're like- in the 90s. But, People Lacey, you know, you know after you tied Andy 300 yards away, You'd be, you would go back to her, which is not 400 yards. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after the assault, you'd be too tired to walk another 100 yards yeah. to kill Andy. You'd say, fuck it. He'll just I mean, die. Me personally, I wouldn't even That's be out there because it's true. too late at night. So I'm not true. a good person to use for this. Yeah. 300 yards isn't even a mile. I think you're overthinking how far away this is. You're thinking it's too much in football, football fields. Field. It is. It's not a mile, though. It's not a mile. If you're standing at the edge of so far, and you're like, I have to run this whole thing, then it's a lot. It feels like a lot of effort to go to kill strangers. When was the last time you were on a football field? It's really not that big. (laughs) It's a hundred yards. (laughs) Stroll. He wasn't sprinting the whole. It was like he was running suicides while he was trying to kill these people. He was <laughs> rolling his cane, <laughs> strolling along. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know why you're so worried about all the football fields. It's like a weird thing to be fixated on. Estimated to be like twenty to thirties. He's he's athletic, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's not like he's like 60, 60 years old. And we had the, the description from Susie. He wasn't like a fat guy who couldn't barely walk up her stairs. Yeah, he did a sketch. Wasn't he wearing like a, a thing? Fishnet. I don't tell you anything about how many football fields he can walk. walk. No, but I'm just, I don't know how much I should trust about Susie because she gave a sketch of a guy who was wearing a, a Thing, but it's not a fishnet stocking. Fishnet so stocking would look like a ham in one of those things. You know what I mean? And if she had, if she had described a ham, I'd be like, oh hey. <laughs> but she she described a person. They had to leave the lines off of the sketch because it looked funny. <laughs> well, that's he doesn't wear that all the time. 
She described them with the lines, and then they just erased them when they were done. That's the other thing. Anyway. Take the sketch to the campus and the gentleman's club and say, hey, is person look familiar? This was 30 years you ago. Know, you think that those witnesses are going to remember? Maybe not, but, you yeah. know, okay. they could have done it then. So, okay, when are we going to Houston to solve this, I guess? Ugh, not in the summer. What's the weather like now? <laughs> not in the summer. So maybe like next December? Alright. Okay. Maybe by then they'll have more information for us. I don't or know. they'll solve it for us and then we don't have to go. Okay. <laughs> Drew, why don't you just shoot them? I'm sure that Sheriff's shoot Department has email. a Facebook page. Just send them a message to be like, they hey, have- I've got some information and you're like, I'm sure they have a tip uh, number that you can call into. I saw a thing that said like $5,000 reward. Do you think I'd get that if I just said, hey, do a better sure. job? <laughs> sure. I, I just heard about this tonight, but I talked it through with some friends. Yeah. And like, I have not <laughs> figured it out. I, I'm, I have a true kind podcast. And Did you see anybody twirling a cane with a top hat? We discussed Did it you see for 56 minutes, and I'm pretty anyone... solid. Did you see anyone super winded from walking 300 fucking yards in a wooded area? Listen, this this is why I brought it up. 200, 100, you don't have to do another the math 100. Again. But she was like, well, maybe he walked from, like, the warehouse. It just seems like why would you walk when you could just drive over? They wouldn't just like just because just because you don't want to walk that distance doesn't car, mean someone that a car, has a car being in the lover's lane would not raise suspicions. I don't understand why he wouldn't no, just park I, there. I, I agree that they probably would not have there. even cared about another car because the killer might not have wanted to risk whether or not they cared. He was gonna kill him anyway. What does he give a shit? Maybe he did his car and they're like, oh, we don't want people to watch us macking in our car. Let's go find somewhere else to park. He's like, I'm not gonna risk it. I'm just gonna sneak up on him. This is I feel too- confident that he snuck up on him. This is I- evolved into something totally different, guys. I wanna sneak up on you and kill you, Lacey. How about you that? You can try. But if I see your car come at me, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, this is weird." Let me. Basically, she has a new car though, so like we don't know what she's driving. Any car that comes near me. That's gonna <laughs> be very skittish. That Anybody sounds... who drives at me, I'm gonna be like, "That is a minivan," and I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous. I'm... I I'm, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You're making me so angry. <laughs> Do you want to rescind that uh, threat that you just- He didn't his car right behind him and flashes high beams a couple times. He pulled next to him or you like- felt a- like you watched it happen. <laughs> I watched it happen. <laughs> he pulled next to him. Okay, he was well- He working a lot. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna stop because this is just no, tra- getting into something so different. Yeah. No, I'm gonna kill you. Um, oh my god. She's just kidding. <laughs> Everybody keep it out for me. This has been an adventure. <sighs> just exhausting. Oh my god. I don't even know how to end it. I'm like at a blank with all your yelling.
Yeah, I think you don't know how to end it because you don't know how to end it. <laughs> no, I'm literally just like speechless at the fact that you just told Lacey you're gonna kill her twice. We've I've been on this road before. Yeah, I've had so many threats. Pat, Pat is shocked. Yeah, but this is recording and like there's gonna be people that are like alarmed. Maybe. <laughs> they don't know us yet. Our your mothers might be alarmed. They'll her My mom's mom. not caught up. I was going to say, in a year, she'll call me and be like, please don't kill Lacey. My mother-in-law might text me and be like, is everything okay with you, Andrew? Settle down, Paula. (laughs) She's going to be so excited that you call her out. Yeah, Uh, that's why I felt okay telling her to settle down. I miss Paula. Oh, we should hang out. Oh my god, let's go back and recreate your bachelor party. That was fun. I was going to say, just Bailey and Paula hanging out. (laughs) You can come too. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. I would like to recreate the painting thing again. The board and brush? Yeah. I'm the problem? I would like another one. I think that we should... Well, now you look like the problem. I think that we should combine them into one day, and we should do the um, cider tour, and then end it at the board and brush and see what the fuck we were And we were sarcastic, and we hope you keep listening. Thanks, guys. Wow, Bailey. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>